0: Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, each and every one of you. I greet you this Tuesday with Jesus joy. Whether you're joining us Tuesday morning for our Tuesday morning midday word walk or the Tuesday evening rebroadcast uh, that is simply known as Tuesday night teaching. This is still the day that the Lord hath made and we are rejoicing and we are glad in it. I'm certainly grateful and thankful to have you joining us for our Old Testament Word Walk this Tuesday, as we are continuing in our study of the book of Leviticus, as we are setting sights on our spiritual standards. Um, It is such a joy to greet you today, and I'm certainly grateful and thankful to have the opportunity uh, to join you today for Bible study. I pray that you've got your study materials. I pray that you've got your Bible, your note-taking material. And above all, I pray that you have the handout ready to walk through God's word with us. Uh, but let's take a moment before we get into today's lesson today, before we, get even, before we even get started, uh, let's take a moment to pray and let's seek the Lord for guidance, understanding, and direction as we walk through his word together. Join me now in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, your word teaches us that we should study to show ourselves approved unto you, workmen that are not ashamed as we rightly divide your word of truth. I say thank you for this opportunity and for this privilege to be able to connect with my brothers and my sisters for this chance to walk through your word and gain knowledge and understanding. God, we love you so much and we thank you so much for all that you are and all that you continue to be in our lives. We pray right now, oh, God, in the name of Jesus, that you will meet us in this space, that you will speak to us, speak through us, give us clarity of speech, clarity of thought, that we will rightly divide your word to these, your people. I'm so glad to know that even though the grass may wither, the flowers may fade, God, your word will stand forever. And I ask right now that if you would allow it to stand up in us that we will allow our steps to be ordered by your word. This is our prayer, we offer it now. In Jesus name we pray and we praise, amen and amen. To God be the glory, so glad to have all of you connected with us and we're grateful for this opportunity uh, to continue in our study of the book of Leviticus as we have continued to discuss uh, the spiritual standards so far, we are looking at standard number four, I believe, is this is our fourth standard. Um, we've talked about the standard of worship. We've talked about the standard of holiness. We've talked about the standard of physical life and physical living. And so in today's lesson, we are going to set our sights or continue, if you will, to set our sights on standards for spiritual life uh, and spiritual living. Last week, if you remember, we spent time talking about leprosy uh, dealing with it from chapter 13, understanding leprosy uh, to be a recipient or reflective, if you will, of sin in our lives. Uh, Dr. J. Vernon McGee once said that leprosy at the time of Bible days in this particular portion of the Bible was one of the highest forms of disease. Therefore, that's one of the reasons why it is often referred to as sin. And of course, we talked last week of understanding that sin in that particular place uh, represented a uh, f- sickness or those areas of sickness. Remember, we talked about last week what sin does in the life of a believer, what, sin ha- what, what happens in our lives when sin sets in. Uh, You remember last week we said a couple of things. Um, We said that health, hygiene and holiness have to do with how we deal with sin. Uh, And the good news is, is that even though sin is there, we have a great high priest. We do have a great high priest who has come that we might be cleansed from our sin, from our infirmity, from our leprosy the reality of it is, as we left off on last week, we left off making sure that we understood that in that particular case, leprosy was temporary. Uh, If you remember, that's one of the last points we shared last week. Leprosy is temporary, but sin is eternal. Sin, anything that separates us from the word, will, and way of God is eternal. Now, to look at chapter 13 last week, And to leave it just in that place by itself really would have almost left us feeling in a place of bad news, that there was no hope, there was no help. In today's lesson, as we look at chapter 14, we're going to see in chapter 14 that whereas leprosy looks like it is incurable or it is no hope, in chapter 14, we're going to find out that leprosy can be cleansed and people can be restored. There is a very simple but very powerful spiritual principle that I want to get over uh, in today's time of sharing. And that is this beloved, sin separates us from God, but sin does not have the opportunity to separate us from God eternally. Because the word of God teaches us that as we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to not only forgive us of our sins, but to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. In other words, beloved, sometimes you need the bad news of God's judgment in order to appreciate the good news of God's salvation. So that's what we're going to deal with today. We're going to take a look today at chapter number 14. Now, last week, you remember, we looked at the second half of chapter 14, dealing with the leprosy within itself. In today's lesson, we're going to look at the first half. We're going to look at the first 32 verses of chapter number 14. As we talk about cleansing, cleansing last week we talked about health hygiene and holiness are seen in how we deal with sin well in today's lesson as you see it we're going to talk about health holiness and hygiene seen in how we deal with salvation and please understand beloveds that when i use the word salvation i'm not just using it in the spiritual sense but also seeing cleansing and restoration of mankind from leprosy in the physical sense as well. Now, the Jews had no cure for leprosy. So if they were to be cleansed, it was God's grace and mercy that cleansed them. All right, we see that in several places uh, throughout the word of God. However, the one place that really stuck out to me was in the story of Jonah. If you remember in Jonah chapter two, after Jonah um, had gone through his, his situation of disobeying God, and in Jonah chapter two, he said, "'They that observe lying vanities "'forsake their own mercies, "'but I will sacrifice unto thee, O Lord.'" Why? "'Salvation is of you.'" Salvation is of the Lord. If we aren't saved by God's grace, beloved, then we are not saved. That Again, there's proof of that in scripture. In Ephesians chapter two, uh, verses eight and nine, it says, for by grace are we saved through faith, and it is not of ourselves. It is a gift of God. Now, to understand and to apply today's lesson to our lives, you have to begin to see leprosy for the disease that it was. If you remember in Old Testament times, we've talked about this and we're gonna talk about it here today, that a person who had leprosy had to basically isolate themselves. They had to separate themselves from the camp. They could not even enter into um, the, the holies of, not the holies of holies, they couldn't even enter into the tabernacle area. They could not even enter the holy place, all right? So in order for a leper to have been deemed cleansed by the priest, of course, we talked about this last week, that the leper has to show himself to the priest and be determined after a period of isolation whether or not they were cleansed. So immediately what we are seeing here is that if the leper or the one diseased with leprosy could not go to the tabernacle to meet the priest at the tent of meeting, get this, the priest had to go where the leper was. Mm -hmm. The priest had to go where the leper was, which brings us to the very first point of our lesson. For those of you who are taking notes, letter A under point number two, the steps for cleansing or the steps for to cleansing for leprosy um, shows what Christ does for us. It shows what Christ has done for us. We're going to take a look at, at really the, the basis of the chapter. We're going to summarize it and we're going to look through it. And then I want to share a few things as it relates to us as people of God. All right. Point number one is found in the first three verses of Leviticus chapter 14. In Leviticus chapter 14, verses one, two, and three, we see that the leper first, the priest, first of all, goes to the leper. Since the unclean leper is not permitted to enter the camp, the priest had to go outside of the camp to minister to him or to her. Let's take a look at it. Let's look at the first three verses of Leviticus chapter 14. Let's take a look at it. English Standard Version says, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, this shall be the law of the leprous person for the day of cleansing. He shall be brought to the priest and the priest shall go out of the camp. Y'all see it there? And the priest shall look. Then if the case of the leprous person is healed in the leprous person we're going to stop right there because we're going to see something here as we dive into verses 4 through 9. we're going to see what takes place so you see here right there in verse number three where it declares that the priest had to go outside of the camp in order to minister to the leprous person all right when he ministers to them, look at this, y'all, in essence, the priests had to make a house call to the leprous person to determine, watch, if they were healed or if they were cleansed of the leprosy. Now, how does this reflect for us in relation to our walk with Christ? Well, beloveds, the same thing happened for us. We, because of leprosy of sin, because of sin, we could not meet Christ in the holy place of heaven. So what did he do? Luke 19.10 said, he came to seek and to save that which was lost, all right? And for that cause, he came to where we were as the great physician, he made a house call. And he comes to sinners right where we are. And he helps to make sure that we are cleansed from the sin. Just like the priest goes to investigate and determine whether or not the leprous man is healed. Jesus comes to us. He came from heaven to earth to show us the way. From the earth to the cross, our debt to pay. From the cross to the grave from the grave to the sky. He did all of that to ensure that if we were cleansed from the sickness of sin, he came to us to help us become clean. I want to say that again. He came to us to help us become clean. So the first step to cleansing of leprosy based upon the Old Testament that reflects our walk uh, with Christ is just as the priest had to go to the leper to investigate and make sure that that person who was leprous had been healed or had been cleansed. So Christ came to where we are so that we could be cleansed from our sin and have a new walk and a new relationship with him. Point number two says to us that after the priest goes to the leper, point number two, the victim offers a sacrifice. The victim offers a sacrifice. Let's let's look now at verses four through seven. Uh, Four through seven, the word of God says this, The priest shall command them to take for him who is to be cleansed two live birds and cedar wood and scarlet yarn and hyssop. And the priest shall command them to kill one of the birds in an earthenware vessel over fresh water. He shall take the live bird with the cedar wood and the scarlet yarn and the hyssop and dip them in the... and the live bird in the the blood. Let Let me go back and read verse six again. He shall take the live bird with the cedar wood, the scarlet yarn, and the hyssop, and dip them and the live bird in the blood of the bird that was killed over the fresh water. And he shall sprinkle it seven times on him who is to be cleansed of the leprous disease then he shall pronounce him clean and shall let the living bird go into the open field. Now, here's the thing that you really should see here. Let's look at it again. Remember now in verse number three, it said that the priest goes out of the camp and the priest shall look. And if the case of the leprous man is healed of leprosy, Look at what happens. The priest shall command for them to take who is to be cleansed. To take for him who is to be cleansed. Look at it. Two live birds, cedar wood, scarlet yarn and hyssop. The priest shall command them to kill one of the birds. All right. Now, now this is seemingly unusual. All right. But again, we're talking about making sure that mankind is cleansed from his leprosy. All right. No matter how much it looked like he may have been unclean. If the priest said he was clean, then he was clean. Let's make it live for us today. No matter how sinful some folk think we may look. When Christ heals you and sets you free and says that you are clean, watch what the word says. The word says that whom the son sets free is free indeed. Now, let's look at this in relation to the passage of scripture, verses four through seven. And let's see a couple of things. First of all, it's highly unusual to see that birds are placed in clay jars. That's unusual. That's unusual. Birds fly in the heavens. All right? But this unusual ritual pictures to us what Christ did to save us. All right? Look at what happens. Look at what happens. The Word of God says that he was to put the bird, one of the live birds, inside of an earthenware vessel, a clay jar. If you understand New Testament language, you automatically know that clay represents this shell of human form. Genesis chapter two reminds us that we were created from the dust of the ground. All right. And once we were created from the dust of the ground, man breathed into our nostrils. God breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. So let's make sure that we understand what this represents. Let's, rep- let's see the symbolism that is taking place. The priest comes to the leprous person, says that the leprous person is cleansed. Now, once he is cleansed, The priest commands for them to take two live, clean birds, cedar wood, scarlet yarn and hyssop. All right. And look at what takes place. Once the bird is killed, it is placed into a clay jar and it is killed using running water. Y'all see it there? He is to be placed, he should be killed in an earth well vessel over fresh water in verse five. Then in verse six, he says that they are to take the other live bird and then with the cedar wood, the scarlet yarn and the hyssop and dip them in the live bird in the blood of the bird that was sacrificed. All right. While the bloodstained living bird is still loose, all of this is representative and reflective of what Christ does in relation to our sin. Oh, man, this is about to get good. This is about to get good. According to John chapter seven, verses 37 through 39, the running water over which the bird was killed reminds us of God's presence or his Holy Spirit. For which, according to Hebrews chapter nine, verse 14, Jesus offered himself through the eternal spirit. All right. Let's look at it real quick. John chapter seven, verses thirty seven through thirty nine. If you if you have your Bibles and I pray you've got your Bibles there with you. Turn with me there real quick. John chapter thirty seven. Look at verses thirty seven through thirty nine. English Standard Version puts it this way. You there on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood out and cried out. Jesus stood up and cried out. If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. Look at verse 38. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now, this he said about the spirit whom those who believe in him were to receive. For as yet the spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Water, and we we often talk about that if you look at and understand the symbols of, of the Holy Spirit. The dove is one. The water, fresh water, clean water is representative of the Holy Spirit, the power, the presence of God. All right. So now in verse six, we see where he says that they are to take the live bird, the cedar wood, the scarlet yarn and the hyssop. And they are to dip them and the live bird in the blood of the bird that was killed over the fresh water. All right. The bird that was killed over the fresh water is a representative of the sacrifice that Christ Pays for us through his death on the cross. He came to earth in an earthenware vessel in a jar of clay and he died for our sins. Amen. He died for our sins. Now. Let's go back and see what happens. This leprous man has been declared cleansed by the priest. The priest says that they are to offer the sacrifice. And once the sacrifice is offered, look at what happens in verse 7. Using the hyssop, the priest sprinkles the blood on the leper seven times and then pronounces him clean. He takes the blood. Of the bird and sprinkles it using hyssop Psalm 51 comes to mind where David says purge me clean me remove what is needed to be removed from me with hyssop and I shall be cleaned the priest did that and once he did that and sprinkled it on him seven times He was cleansed of his leprous disease. Look at this. He was pronounced cleansed. And now the bird that has been bloodstained from the bird that was killed is able to fly freely. Now, this all says to us here. All right. This all says to us and it brings to mind that we are cleansed because of the sacrifice The leprous man is declared cleansed because of the sacrifice. I'm going to say it one more time. The leprous man is cleansed because of the sacrifice. People of God, if you don't hear anything else I say today, hold on to the fact that the sinful man, you and I are cleansed because of the sacrifice. What can wash away our sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus, the one who came from heaven, took on the form of man. Mm-hmm. Took on the form of man. Philippians chapter two comes to mind right now, where it says who being who, who Philippians two verse five, let this mind be in you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, who was also in Christ Jesus, who was God but being in the form of God, took of himself no reputation and was found as a servant, all right? And likewise, as a servant, he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Look at this, beloved. Just as a leprous man could not have been cleansed. Look at this now. Just as a leprous man could not have been cleansed, but through God's grace and mercy, so are we not cleansed of sin, but through God's grace and mercy. Grace and mercy was a sacrifice, amen. Grace and mercy was a sacrifice. God, Romans 5 says, commended his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. He gave his life for us, which brings us to the third part process, the third piece of the process of cleansing. Now, we've already talked about it. So let's look at it. The priest goes to the leper. The victim offers a sacrifice. But letter number three under point number A is then the leper is cleansed. The leper is cleansed. Look with me real quick at verses eight and nine. Let's look at Leviticus 14 verses eight and nine. And he who is to be cleansed shall wash his clothes and shave off all of his hair and bathe himself in water and he shall be clean. And after that, he may come into the camp, but live outside his tent seven days. And on the seventh day, he shall shave off all of his hair from his head, his beard, and his eyebrows. Lord have mercy. He shall shave off all of his hair. And then he shall wash his clothes and bathe his body in water. And he shall be clean. Now, beloveds, beloveds, look at this now. Look at this. He was permitted to enter the camp. Did y'all see that in verse eight? He was permitted to enter the camp, but he had to live outside of his tent. He had to still stay outside. All right. Here's why Dr. Warren Wiersbe says that he had to apply personally what God said was true to him positionally. The man was ceremonially clean. Dr. J. Vernon McGee in his commentary talked about that about understanding that with leprosy, the process that we see here is a ceremony. It's an outward ceremony of what God had done to him on the inside. It was a ceremonial thing showing what God would already do to him. Why wash when the priest had already pronounced him clean? Because he had to apply, the leprous man, the man now cleansed from leprosy and declared clean from leprosy, had to apply personally what God said was true about him positionally. Granted, he was clean. He had a right to live in the camp, but he needed to make sure that those around him would know that he had been cleaned. So that not only he would be fit to be lived to live in the camp, but equally so that others would know that there was a newness of mind, heart, and spirit and body that is found in this man who was leprous. All right? In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, we find that principle. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1 says that we ought cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit. Look at this phrase, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. In other words, if you are cleansed, you must show yourself clean. If you are saved, you gotta show yourself saved. If you are free from the bondage of sin, There ought to be a difference in your walk, a difference in your talk, a difference in your actions, the way you interact with people. But then in verse nine, did y'all see this? A week later, the man had to wash, shave and put on clean clothes again. All right. This symbolized. Look at this. And you got to look at this for what it's worth. And thank you, Holy Spirit, for this revelation. Look at it. Seven days later, he has to do it again. No hair, no beard, no eyebrows. He was basically squeaky clean. If I could put it this way, he had a baby face. He was removed from all signs of the maturity that he came from. In other words, it was a symbol of the newness of life that had now come to the leper who has now been declared clean because remember now, as we said, this is all ceremonial. It had nothing to do. The ceremony had nothing to do with being clean. The ceremony was an outward sign of the cleansing that God had done on the inside, much like baptism in our new Testament church. Baptism doesn't wash away fully immersing a person's body underwater does not wash away sin. It is just simply an outward symbol of what God is doing on the inside of this individual who has accepted by faith the saving grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. See, the shaving and the washing didn't kill the germs of leprosy. God did that, but it symbolized the newness of life that had come to one who was once leprous, once isolated, and once filled with what was viewed as incurable. See, people of God, you must understand that when God cleanses you, and God gives you a new lease on life, and God gives you a second chance after sin, you can't go into hiding. People need to be able to see that there is a difference in you. Why do you think the word of God says that old things have to pass away? If any man is in Christ, the old nature is gone. The old you is gone. If, there, if the old you is gone, the old you has died, the new you begins to come forth. And may I say this? The new you is a process. Amen, somebody. The new you is a process. Which brings me to the fourth and final key of cleansing for leprosy. I tell you, time flies when you're having fun, isn't it? Time flies. Let's let's quickly review. Number one, we said that the priest goes to the leper. We said secondly, the priest offers us, the victim rather, offers a sacrifice. Thirdly, the leper is cleansed. But now, number four, the leper offers a sacrifice. It's found in verses 10 through 32. And I'm not going to read it line by line, but I am going to just sort of cover a couple of things. And if you would follow along with me in your Bible, you'll see what we're talking about because on day eight, according to verse 10, he offers another sacrifice. It's now the eighth day. Eighth day, the number eight. Bible numerics comes into play here. Number seven is the number of completion. Number eight is the number of new beginnings. So on the eighth day, since the priest has visited the leper, the leper now must bring to the door of the tabernacle a male lamb for a trespass or a guilt offering, another male lamb for a burnt offering, an ewe lamb for a sin offering, as well as fine flour and oil for a meal offering. Now, we see all of that in, in verses 10 and 11. All right. And then in verse 12, look at what happens. Verse 12 says that the priest, Then takes one of the male lambs, offers it, along with a log of oil, and waves them for a wave offering before the Lord. And he kills the lamb in the place where they killed the sin offering and the burnt offering in the place of the sanctuary. For the guilt offering, like the sin offering, belongs to the priest. Remember, we talked about this a few chapters back. On the basis of these sacrifices, beloved, the priest had pronounced the man clean. All right. We'll go back to verse seven. In verse seven, he pronounced him clean because these sacrifices picture the work of Christ. And now the offerings are representing what God has done through Jesus Christ in our lives. Let me let me let me let me show it to you real quickly. Let me show it to you, letter B of the handout. These sacrifices represent the word and the work of Christ. Let's look at them real quick. Number one, the sin offering. Christ is atoning for our sin. Christ paid the price for our sin. The sin offering shows Christ's atoning, and we're gonna get into that when we come back the first of the year, when we look at chapter 16 and talk about the process of atonement. The trespass offering shows that Christ paid the debt that we owed. Why? Just like the leper, we are unable to serve him during our days of uncleanness. We were unable to serve him because of our days of sin. In the burnt offering, Man dedicates himself, or shall I say in our sense, rededicates himself totally to God. And then the meal offering. Remember, the meal offering was shared. It was a shared offering. It was a means of fellowship. Christ's fellowship with man despite his sin. All right. Here's the unique thing that we see in verses 10 through 32. The unique thing about this ceremony is that the priest treats the leper like a fellow priest. If you continue to read verses 18 through 21 and verses 29 through 31, look at what takes place. He puts the blood of the trespass offering on the man's right ear, right thumb and right big toe. Remember, that should be familiar. That was the same thing that God instructed Moses to do with Aaron and his sons. After that, he poured oil on the man's head. Same thing in chapter eight, when Aaron and his sons were were ordained and received as the priests. All right. In other words, he's no longer looked at for his former state. He's no longer looked at for his past failure. Somebody see the revelation and I declare you'll see it. He's no longer looked at for what he used to be. He's no longer looked at for his past sin. He is shown grace. So much so that six times in verses 10 through 32, we see that the Lord declares that the priests make atonement for the man, which simply meant that all of his sins have been forgiven. Here's another interesting point as I get ready to close today. Since the leper was also an outcast, y'all, he was unable to work. Because he was an outcast, he was unable to make money. All right. So perhaps he may not have had the animals that he needed for the sacrifice. Well, God made provision for the poor man. Verses 21 through 23, verses 30 through 31 permitted the poorer man to bring birds for the sin and the burnt offering. He didn't even require restitution for the trespass offering. What's the point here? What's the revelation? Revelation here is when it comes to salvation, whether from leprosy or from sin. God makes it easy for both the rich and the poor to accept Christ as Savior and Lord. God makes it easy for the sinner to be forgiven, for the sinner to be restored. There is nothing, beloved, God, this is a good place to close. There is nothing so bad that you have done that would prohibit you from receiving the salvation of our Lord and Savior. The word of God makes it clear that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God have raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall never shall not be put to shame. What's the whole point of today's lesson? The whole point of chapter 14, verses 1 through 32, is just as there was hope for the leper, there is hope for the sinner. Just as there was restoral through God's grace and mercy for the leper, there is restoral for the sinner through God's grace and mercy. You have another chance. And I don't know, maybe I'm the only one, but today I'm thankful that I serve a God who is the God of another chance. And thus we've come to the close of our lesson today. We're going to stop there. Um, wrapping up chapter 14. Next week, we'll pick up chapter uh, 15 and we will wrap up um, our study of this particular standard. We'll talk about uh, the the sanctity that takes place after you have recognized your sin, after you've been cleansed from your sin, then we've got to talk about the holiness of life. Going to talk about that next week. Next week, of course, is our final Old Testament Bible study for year two thousand twenty-three, and of course, I pray and trust that you will join us at that time for that walk through God's Word. As always, if you have any questions from today's lesson, we've t- we've taken a look at Leviticus chapter fourteen, verses one through thirty-two. If you have any questions uh, from that portion of today's lesson, please feel free. Uh, to drop your questions in the comment section, and we will be glad to answer your questions to the best of our ability. Um, I'm thankful to God for this this lesson today, and I'm grateful to God for the power of his word, for the strength of his word. Now, next week, we will deal with chapter uh, number 15 as we talk about sanctity. In other words, we're gonna talk about how we deal with our issues how we live through our issues. And we're going to talk about that thing, issue. We're going to talk about issues from a biblical sense. Um, I want to talk about that and see if we can make it live as it relates to our lives and our living. Beloveds, as always, I'm grateful that we've had the opportunity to be together. Thank you for joining us today for this time of walking through the word of God. Uh, To our family, St. James family, in a way of announcements, do not forget uh, to all parents, do not forget this evening at 630 um, youth choirs rehearsing. And so I ask parents, if you would, please make sure that our babies are at the church this evening for youth choir rehearsal. Looking forward to hearing them this coming Sunday. Don't forget midweek prayer Wednesday at 12 noon. Uh, Followed by the replay of Cyber Sunday School Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. Thursday is our final New Testament Bible study. We're going to wrap up our study of the book of Colossians on this coming Thursday. Join us Thursday morning or Thursday evening. And then, of course, this coming Sunday morning, we are excited about an opportunity to worship and praise God together. Our associate pastor, Pastor Tracy Lee, will be preaching this Sunday. And so I would that you would come out. Let's come out, let's come together. Let's worship, St. James family. You know, during the month of December, um, I give way uh, to our associate ministers to share a word uh, from the Lord with us. So we're excited to hear from our associate pastor, uh, this coming Sunday. So you definitely want to be in the midst of walking through the word and sharing with us in worship and praise together. Let's continue to keep all of our sick, all of our shedding and our thoughts and in our prayers, keep those families and bereavement in your prayers. And let's remember, especially our prayer focus for the month of December. We're praying especially for those whom the holidays can have an emotional toll, those who struggle during the holidays. Perhaps this is their first Christmas without a loved one. Uh, We want to continue to keep them in our prayers uh, throughout the month of December as we prepare to engage a new year. And let's definitely keep the families of those who have loved ones defending the country overseas. Let's continue to keep them in our prayers as well. Blessings upon all of you is our prayer. It is my will, but it's got to be the will of God that we'll be together next Tuesday for the final installment of Bible study for year 2023. I pray that you'll join us at that time. Let's close in a word of prayer. Most holy and always, God, we say thank you for this time, this privilege, this grand opportunity to share in your word. God, I tell you, thank you that you have delivered us from the outcast of sin. Sin had us isolated, but God, you sent your son and your son gave his life and died for us that we could be declared cleansed from the leprosy of sin. God, I say thank you for the sacrifice. I say thank you for the cleansing. Thank you for the second chance. Now, God, keep us focused and faithful on your will, your way, and your word. Help us to do, say, and think those things that bring glory and not shame to your name. In everything and in every way, God, we want to live a life that's pleasing to you. Thank you for this chance. Thank you for every chance. Keep us and we'll be kept. Bless us and we'll be blessed. And we want to be found living a life that brings glory and not shame to you. This is our prayer. We offer it now in the name of Jesus. We pray and we praise. Amen and amen. Blessings upon all of you is our prayer. Continue to have a great rest of the day, rest of the week. Be safe. Take care. We look forward to seeing you throughout the rest of the week. Would love to see you on Sunday morning in worship. But until such time, be blessed. And know as always, beloved, we love you all.